0: All right, so, hello, hello. Um, This is the first podcast, hopefully of many. Um, So I just want to say thank you for listening ahead of time. <laughs> um, And I am nervous, and I know that I'm probably going to say um a lot, but I just ask everybody to bear with me until I get comfortable with this. So, again, welcome. This is The Bubble. Things white America should know about Black America, but don't. My name is Gloria Rosely. I am a respiratory therapist in Minot, North Dakota, mother of three. Um, I have a very diverse family. And when I say diverse, my family is so diverse that most people look at us and they don't understand exactly what we are. There is actually a joke in my family where when we see people who look like they're black but they're not really black, but we're not sure, we call them one of them. So that right there, says a lot about what my family looks like and over time you guys will probably hear me bring in my cousins um to discuss certain topics but my partner in crime, that you guys will get to meet is one of the most intelligent people i've ever met in my life i have known her the majority of my life um her name is latrice torres She is a senior professional in human resources, certified diversity professional, CEO and principal consultant of Leader Keys Consulting, LLC. I love to say all those things. They make (laughs) her sound really, really smart. I don't get to see that part, though. I just get to see my friend in action. So by all means, please introduce yourself. All right. (laughs) That's so funny. But, yeah, I, uh, I probably
1: also don't see myself as that smart. I just have all those titles looking precious, but it's all up to the uh, But really, what it all means is that I've been talking about dealing with going through, handling, having, having jobs, consulting, everything in the space of, of human resources, human behavior, leadership coaching, executive coaching, all of that type of thing. For, for the past 22 years now. So that's pretty much what all of that means. And that's what my consulting business um, is all about now is uh, I, I have a hashtag in my LinkedIn if anybody ever goes visit it that, um, it starts with I hashtag making people awesome because that's ultimately how I describe what I do. I just help people be, find the awesomeness inside of themselves in whatever way that they need to, whether that's personally or professionally. So, I'm happy to be here with my best friend in the whole world, who, like she said, we have known each other forever since <laughs> I don't even <laughs> I can't even remember, maybe we were like 12? Yeah, we were
0: 12, 12. so yeah. that's like 31 years. Why are you telling people that you? Okay. We doing that. All right.
1: That's it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Let's get back into it. Let's get back into it. Uh but yeah, happy to be here and yeah, I love the title of the bubble. Um, which I just want to point out when we start talking about what this was going well, how we were gonna name it and what this is going to be about. Um, just to clarify, the bubble is a term that <laughs> I feel like I kept hearing, particularly after George Floyd, uh, you know, from particularly white people who were like, oh, my God, racism. Exists. Yes. I feel like I've been living in a bubble, you know, and so I kept hearing <laughs> that all the time. And like every person who who said the N word or accidentally did some racist stuff, um, they would say, well, I was living in a bubble. So yes. I just thought that it would be a good thing for us to explore. So thanks
0: for having me. And and the thing is is that the bubble the bubble encompasses so much. Um so since we since you were saying, you know, where we got the term or the, the title, I think it was when we were talking about what actually drove me to even start this, which was, you know, mental health. We wanted to lit or deal with issues that that are prevalent in Black community. And the things that we talk about privately, you know, like colorism, mm-hmm. like difference in socioeconomic statuses, college, Black excellence. You know, I, I gave Latrice a list one time. She was like, no, 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 We need to bring this down a little bit because I have wild ideas and I usually run with them. I, yeah, so... I think that the bubble was important because like Latrice said that, you know, a lot of white people were coming to her and saying, well, I was living in a bubble. But we knew that you were living in a bubble. That And and, and that bubble was your privilege. You didn't have to be responsible. You didn't have to want to. You know. And we had a whole year of COVID where everybody was just glued to the Internet and their phone. And they're like, wait a minute. This is really happening in America. Yeah. I, I won't even I, I won't even begin to, to touch on what happened down in Mexico with the babies but that's neither here nor there right now the whole, topic. that's a whole other topic
1: <laughs> mental health yeah mental health <laughs> and this is what we'll do so this is what you can come to expect, that we'll we'll talk about one thing we might start talking we don't know know where we're exactly going um or have a clear clear goal in mind of where the conversation is going to go. Uh, the point of this podcast is so that we just have the conversation. And I think a lot of people have been saying that, but I don't know if, how, how many people really have know how to go about doing that. So if that is something that you've heard yourself, no matter who you are listening to this podcast then this is a podcast for you because this is exactly what we were needing to do for ourselves and, yeah. and tying it back to that mental health you know i joke but i'm really not joking when <laughs> i say i have i have w-a-p-t-s-d for those of you who do not know what that is that is white america ptsd you know what the ptsd stands for and I feel like, I feel like I've had it for years, but of course, you know, had a very, the, the, the trauma of this last year, I think just, I, I, I don't know, the it's just unlocked it to an extent that even I could not get control in my arms around it. And admittedly, I don't think I still have. I know I have. I know I have. I know, I, I told Gloria earlier, I haven't even taken it out for it been out in public places <laughs> yet. So for <laughs> me this this um this is a form of, of therapy, you know, to actually just talk about these things out loud and have these conversations and without Gloria knowing it, she's been a therapist for me and I think we've been therapists for each other and Absolutely. we hope that this podcast is a therapist for all of you out there. So.
0: that's that's the ultimate goal and the well we, uh, What I hope comes of this is that uh, because my family is so diverse, like I said, I want people of mixed culture to also be able to find a place where it's OK that you don't know how you're supposed to feel, that it's OK that, you know, you have a white mother and a black father or vice versa, or a Mexican mom and a white and black dad and and you don't know where you're supposed to be landing right now, and that's okay. That is, that is okay, and that's what I want to, I want this to become, just a place where people can come, ask questions. White people, I want you to ask those questions. I want you to ask the questions, like, if I say this, does this make me racist? By all means, come ask us, we will tell you the truth, because we have two different viewpoints on race. And you, you guys will get to see that because I want to help the white people cross over. I want them to be aware, and I understand that there are a lot of people out there who don't even know what they're doing wrong. And once they identify it, they don't know how to fix it. So you gotta ask somebody. So why not ask us? We are the black people. However, Latrice, I don't know what you. Yeah, I don't feel like that. What you (laughs) gonna get from her? Hmm. Yeah, I don't. Feel it that way. I
1: don't feel that. <laughs> Let me try to put this in the simplest way I can possibly put it. I do not feel like it is ever the victim's responsibility to fix the aggressor, to educate the aggressor, to help the aggressor. There is, especially in this day and age, a wealth of information that is out there to help you understand the shit you're doing wrong. And yes, I just well, no. I'm probably going to. Uh, I, let, let me finish. Let me finish. I'm just saying, there is a lot out there, and I didn't know, and I don't know where to start, and everything. I'm sorry, lame. You don't have that excuse anymore. I might have thought that maybe 30, 40 years ago, but just if you're if you're a, if you're just a functioning adult human at this point you should know where to get help. And spoiler alert, it is not from the people you're victimizing. So that's just how I feel. But I I love Gloria.
0: (laughs) I'm a a good heart. I am. I am cool by y'all all all day. Let's hold hands. We will march on on Washington. We will move forward in a way that we have never moved before. However, you gotta ask the question. You have to ask the question. And I think right now, The biggest question for white America is, what is white privilege? Yes, you need to pause with that one. Because that's what the bubble is. The bubble is your privilege. The bubble is the fact that you have the option to not have to worry about anything else other than your world. And you know, I'll even take that down to
1: basics. It's not even as big as as privilege. I don't think. I think that the bubble can, it exists because you can just function in life without knowing anything else than what you have been taught and nurtured mm. to know. But the only, the only reason why white America talks about this bubble and can be in this bubble is because America built for you so you can't you can't you all you have the ability to even be in a bubble in the first place where we don't and this is where I'll get every once in a while I'll get very nerdy and and heady about things but you know W.E.B. Du Bois coined the, the phrase dual consciousness and I yes. think it was absolutely accurate at the time, right? We now call it cold switching. But I actually would love to upgrade that term to multi-consciousness. Um, because to Gloria's point earlier about being from diverse families, I think everybody can say that about their family. There is no family who's got the purity of all whiteness or the purity of all blackness. I don't think anybody exists that way in this day I, and age.
0: I live in North Dakota. Uh, and, and so me living in North Dakota, well, I ex-
1: see it. yeah, but especially I, I actually would argue that considering you live in a you live in one of the few states that is so that that has a heavy Native American presence, and no matter what these I'm pure white say, I am willing to bet I'm willing to bet <laughs> somebody's creeping on the reservation. <laughs> And I ain't even talking about it in the past, just in the past. They oh, no probably still on the rest man. So, you know so like I said, I You're gonna make mad with that statement? I don't care. <laughs> because, and because they don't be mad because they're true. <laughs> it's true, <laughs> Never admit <y'all. written> it. <laughs> but Never but it. But it, it, it's the truth, it's the truth. Like, there is no purity in the world. Like, it just doesn't exist anymore, you know? and. And with that said, what I mean by saying we're right we now are multi-consciousness um, is because it's not even just about understanding your culture and, and particularly in America and then white America as well. You also have to understand about every other piece that makes up this melting pot yes. that we call America. Yes. Because you can go to some places around here, anywhere, in almost any given state, where you may need to know a second language. That language may be, you know, Spanish in a lot of different places. That language may be Mandarin. That language may be, like, it does it could be a, a whole host of different things. It is imperative that, like, we understand those things and understand each other's cultures in order to kind of survive. But again, the only people who can actually ignore all of that, outside of misappropriating pieces of those cultures, Outside of that, and no, we ain't going to talk about misappropriation today. That'll be another topic. But outside of doing (laughs) that, you can live completely without any exposure to any other culture because the predominant culture is yours. That that is really what the bubble is. It's, It's because white people can't. So privilege, I feel like, is a word to just incite you know, you know, anger and fear and frustration is more because it's a, a, it's a misunderstanding of what the word privilege actually means. But when it comes true. down to it, it's a it privilege comes down to ability. It's ability to exist. It's ability to not worry when you go to bed at night. It's ability to not have to worry about your son mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. shot on the corner. It's the ability yep. to not have to have just the basic worries about surviving in this if that is what privilege is. But again, since that word seems to scare people so much it's like I'm not privileged, I'm white trash. I love when people oh, say that. Not. But <laughs> but the thing is is that you can be the whitiest, trashiest, I know that ain't even a word, but you can be the white, trashiest person <laughs> on earth. You can, you can. But I swear if you got dressed up and I got dressed up and they walked in, they assume I was your Uber driver. So,
0: like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just the ability, the bubble is all about the ability to exist in this particular elite, the United States, untouched by the reality of what our society has done to divide us.
0: But, okay, to that point, privilege, I... Would be interested in knowing why. Once Black people have broken down what we mean when we use the phrase "white white privilege," I want to know why it incites some sort of anger. Like you tell, like yeah. like somebody who I know, you had a basic upbringing. You know, you did. You weren't rich. Your parents both went to work, so on and so forth. It's not like you had. You were born with a silver spoon in your mouth. I get that. But what I'm mm-hmm. saying is, is that. Your race has afforded you think why is that? I want why that is so difficult for white people to hear because they don't they don't know
1: the other side of it so it's not that it's difficult they just fear that there's something that they actually don't know about that's really it. when you when you pull back all of these other aspects, like everything. It doesn't matter what word you put on this. I teach unconscious bias. And the first thing that I do when I get into that classroom is that I nullify the word bias because if I say that, nobody, if I say who's biased in here, nobody's going to raise their hand because they don't like that word. So you, I might as well call you racist, right? So nobody and wants to admit And
0: nobody wants bias, that.
1: Right? <laughs> they don't want to back that. Just like privilege. They don't want to, they don't want to get. That's why I don't like the word privilege. That's why I use the word ability or able. A lot of the times we just get caught up in semantics and some of the words that just come with negative connotation. because even the word bias, we just assume that there's a negative to the word bias. But if I was walking down the street at night and all the street lights were out on one side of the street, I'm probably going to cross over to the street that has the light. Because I don't want to walk in the dark, right? It is my preference. It's my, I am biased, alright, <laughs> about my safety. And that is not a bad thing, right? I no. prefer lemon over lime. I'm biased. I just like my lemons, right? Like, it's just, so bias doesn't always have to be like this negative thing, but, but it's connotation, the way we have in society, like, use the term and just basically put this hard label on it, then it scares people off. So a lot of the times we just the, the the thing is that we kind of got to remove ourselves from what the word and then get to the meaning of it. So if I'm going to talk to a white person about white privilege, I'm probably not going to use the term white privilege. I'm probably going to use terms like your ability to be able to move freely, you know, I, your ability mm-hmm. to not have to not have to have to talk with your children. That you, that as white people, you probably will never even dream about having that talk with your children. About breaking rules and harsh consequences. Like, you just never would dream to have those kind of conversations. But you're able to do that. So, like, you have to give, you can't package privilege without being very explicit about what privilege is. What it looks like. And what it looks like, yeah. And you got to be, like, super specific about it. You know, one of the things I talk about a lot in, and when I'm consulting organizations or executives about diversity is to, to, or, or more importantly, inclusion and, and equity. When we, I talk about those concepts, I actually peel the concept a little bit backwards um, because we, again, we get caught up in words. And what's very, very interesting is that the reason why these concepts are so incredibly hard to human beings is because we've actually kind of built up these expectations about how we dissolve, all coexist. So for example, most people don't know that the word exclusion existed for 400 years before the word inclusion was invented. So that means we created this term, we created a word, And a term, in the act of it, years, hundreds of years, (laughs) hundreds of years, we knew how to exclude. And that was actually, I mean, we literally have the division of races and ethnicity and just geographically how we dispersed because everything was about being in this exclusive club. If you look like (laughs) us, then you're with us. If you don't, then you're not. That is so primal. That is as primal as human humankind. And the proof the in that is the fact that we invented a word for it way before anybody had a concept of what would be the opposite. <laughs> what, if, what if instead of that would be cake? <laughs> what if what if we draw the drawbridge down and let the and let and them, them in <laughs> <laughs> what would we call that job <laughs> <laughs> and just it's take it so far <laughs> it took 400 years to get to that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just think about that so like if it took 400 years to even invent the concept of inclusion <laughs> and give it a word is it any
0: wonder why we? struggle so much with these concepts? Because like, it's, so I, it's innately it's in primal. us. Yeah, it's really innately
1: in us to exclude, to socialize with what feels comfortable because it's underneath all of these concepts. We're excluding because if we include, then we will get less. And that's yes. the basis of everything. Yes. That's racism. Racism. Everything. You think every yes. concept, every concept that you put out there that is fear based, the fear, the number one driver of that fear is that you're going to get something taken away. And
0: that's true for pretty much everything that we are doing all the way up until right now. Well, and and, and so, it's so like, funny because I was, I was watching something on MSNBC or one of the channels and they were actually saying that if we could actually mobilize, you know, the black community and other minority communities, you know, how much more money we would actually have in the United States. If you allow for jobs and if you allow for education, you can create an economy that is strong. And if we keep excluding and we don't address some of these issues, you know, and and thinking that, especially when it comes to racism, especially thinking that I can't give you the chance because if I give you the chance, it's going to take away from my kid. You know, and I know there are a lot of actually, I'm going to sidebar this. I know that there are a lot of white people out there who are saying that their kids can't get grants because they're white. I hear mm-hmm. that a lot, and mm-hmm. so when I say that if we include and we mobilize and we and we and we start increasing the equity in these minority communities, it shouldn't take away from white communities because at the end of the day, I I feel we all want to be one community. I I, I agree completely with that. I think that we also
1: need to start getting really. Specific about mm-hmm. how we will go about doing that because in the past it has come in the form of, you know, handouts and hand up, you know, yep. programs and things like that. But honestly, that has not been what has broken down, um, communities of color. I'm not even going to limit this to just black communities. Um, it is especially unique and black community but i think this is across um all all communities of color absolutely and it really and and what people say all the time and i know we'll have this as a conversation in a future podcast but when people say things like you know institutional racism and Mm -hmm. and systemic system right systemic you know issues okay We all say those things, but the problem is is that a lot of the time people aren't willing to put in the actual work that needs to get done in order to address the root causes of the system themselves, which means you have to attack the the beginning of the system. You can't jump into the middle of the system, um, i.e., different programs and things like that. You can't have, you know, you, you can't put programs and grants and, and stuff in place. Yeah. So, for instance, uh, for instance, you know, there are these companies out there who are like, okay, to help with the housing disparity and communities of color, we're going to waive broker fees and we're going to make it easier to, to get loans and yeah. everything. Here's the problem with that. I knew where you were going with this. People in communities of color, they are not educated about what yeah. generational wealth is, how you would go through any of those processes, what and or and what things you would need to do in order to also help yourself in order to put you in the right position to that. So that means So financial that you can buy Right. Things like that. So like we're not we skipped all of that. We just, like, getting everybody educated. The fundamentals. Like, the fundamentals. And we're like, we're going to throw some money at it. And then, then, like, five years later, it will be like, "Mm, my program didn't work. Nobody took advantage of it. Nobody qualified for it. Or we Uh got them all the way through it. And then we couldn't get a, get a, a bank to loan them. Or, you know, or they defaulted because they don't know care about actually saving money or anything about finances right so so that's the problem like I feel like you know and I'll rent on this all day and like I say we'll save it for some future podcasts but it, it, we have to get better at demanding solutions and executing them at the root cause which guess what everybody that means you're not going to have this beautiful metric about how much you accomplish at the end of the year It may be two (laughs) years, it may be three years, it may be five, it may be 10 years before you actually see the results of the right work. Of the right It's better than, yeah, it's better than two or three, five years later and the whole program is gone because it failed because you didn't address the right thing.
0: Well, here's as far as like what I see locally. Like mm-hmm. the oil fit. When the oil boom was going and and people were, you know, making all this money and a lot of people, a lot of Native Americans, because they had oil on their land, got a lot of money. But when they got all that money, they didn't know what to do with it. They were given, and, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. I mean a lot of a lot of people went out and they bought cars, or they, you know, bought three or four. Uh, oh my God, the ATVs. They uh-huh. just the things that they would go out and buy, right? Yeah, nothing that's going to help
1: build wealth.
0: Nothing that's going to build wealth. Nothing that's going to secure them. Nothing that is going to move them. And that is a prime example, that is a perfect example of what's going on, not just on the reservations, but you know, in the inner cities, you can't get somebody to buy a house if one, you have to give them the job. Well, how are they gonna get the job? Well, they need the education. Well, how are they gonna get the education? So when when we're talking about the root problem, the root problem is, how are you going to give? How are you going to create something that is going to sustain itself for generations? Mm-hmm. Right. It, and and it's given its its education, its opportunity. Right. And, and education is huge because education is huge. When, mm-hmm. without the edge and, and a lot of people are like, well, not everybody can go to a four year college. Fine. There's two years. There's community. There's there's uh, just Tech, there's mentoring,
1: it. there's mentoring, there's all kinds there's building yep. each other up. There's all and I, and I will always say and preach this until the end of time, there's a such thing that we've all forgotten about, which is called community. Yes. And we've all just forgotten to be a community. It used to be that one person will go to school, come back and teach everybody else, right? Like that's how in the way back, when that was actually how people were learning and growing because everybody didn't have the opportunity to go and yeah. go to school. They had to, they had to go to work to, to feed. And when I say they had to go to work, I'm talking about eight, 910 year olds had to work to feed their yeah. family, right? Well, and they couldn't go to school. So yeah, in the field. So like it yeah. used to be that we're just so tight knit as communities that that was the way that we actually built each other up. But again, the, the concept of community is, is gone. And, and again, not everybody's going to be able to afford the same for all different types of reasons.
0: But what we all can afford is to be there for Egypt. Yes, we can all afford to take like up here. I think it was like 2011 when we had a flood, right? Mm-hmm. And that was, no, I'll, I'll even take it. I'll even do something even more personal. So my son, his apartment caught on fire and I was at work that night at the hospital. So I had to call the charge nurse. I had to call all the charge, I had to call the house supervisor and all the charge nurses on the floors and say, hey, I'm going to step away for a second. House supervisor knows um, this person has my pager, okay? Because I had to go pick up my son, which was around Mm -hmm. the corner from my job. But when I got back, I think by I think this happened at like twelve o'clock at night. By three o'clock in the morning, I had an envelope with two hundred dollars from all the staff in my hospital to get mm-hmm. my son through. Right, that's community, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and absolutely that was the most amazing and most humbling thing I had ever experienced. Because yeah. we came to get my, the hospital at night, in the middle of the night, came together. For me and my son. That's amazing. Yeah. That's and that's organically. It. And that's what I mean by community of I it, mean, organically
1: happening. Not something happening and you set up a GoFundMe and then start collecting money from people. No, I mean, it just organically happened because somebody in your community needs and so the rest of the community will do. Yes. So, you know, that that I, those, those are, you know, conceptually what we're talking about. But those are the things that actually can be done. And so when we we get to these conversations of what can we do, what can, where do we start, things like that. Like, yeah. how much how much are you even involved in your in your community? Just from like a personal perspective, just who do you know? How are you communicating? Like, who are you? Who takes care of who? Like, is anybody taking yeah. care of anybody, or are we all out here all on our own? You know, like it's 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 that, and you know, I'm really hoping that this is what this podcast begins to do is to start to spark that type of a thought um, yeah. and those types of things that come out of these these conversations no matter where they may you know ebb and flow and, and go so I do want to point out we are kind of at our time because yes. our goal was to keep these at like 30-40 minutes so that we just said because we'll the talk all day <laughs> Lord, I talk all day and and night and we will just take you all along the ride <laughs> so, so I will stop talking and allow Gloria to, to close up this podcast
0: but all thank right. you for having me. I you know what I this was this was a good start and yes we will ramble and we will go from one area to another area but hopefully we will round up and end up where we started. <laughs> And that Mm -hmm. is just basically saying thank you. Thank you for taking the time and listening to us. Um, And we're gonna get it figured out so that if you ever have a question and you want us to talk about something, you know, leave it, post it, and we will definitely try to encompass it in the many conversations we will be having in the future. So I I just wanna say thank you and I appreciate anyone who listens.